Won't you stand with me for a reading from Haggai 2, 20 through 23. The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders, and the horses and their riders shall go down. Everyone by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and make you like a signet ring. For I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. This has been the holy word of the Lord. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, I, uh, as we read these words, written 2,500 years ago, Lord, and yet they're alive today. Make them alive in our hearts and in our lives. Speak your word this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we read uh, the prophecies and the prophets and God's word, I've kinda, I kind of feel like there's, there's four ways we can interpret these scriptures. They have four different uh, there's four different ways that the Lord speaks. And as, as the prophets speak and have, the words are written down, one is uh, they, they simply are near time. Sometimes they're future time. Sometimes they're speaking of end time. And sometimes they're speaking of all time. In other words, Sometimes there are words directed to that generation, that person that is alive at that moment. Oftentimes, many times, they're speaking of Jesus the Messiah. God's answer to the sin problem that we all face. Sometimes they're speaking of the end times. The time when this present world will be gone and a new heaven and a new earth will take place. And oftentimes they're speaking of all time. They're speaking to me today. And I would propose that this, these short prophecy of Haggai this morning that we read is the bottom three, the future time, the end time, and the all time. This was not written about Zerubbabel, as we will observe. So to, to declare the context of, of Haggai's prophecy, we need to go back even previous before Haggai. 
And for those that uh, maybe you don't know me, my name is Don Stuber. I'm one of those lay guys that preach once in a while. My privilege and uh, awesome responsibility that God has placed on me this morning. But to go back, and I've got a, a timeline put together and, or, and a PowerPoint. And so this is, my background is I'm a farmer, uh, specifically a hog farmer. And there's not a lot of need for PowerPoints with the pigs. And so this is new for me. And I want to thank Melissa and Macy, who was also mentioned as the, the people for putting this together. I did not do this. But if we go back to 998 B.C. and some of these dates, you know, there's the Bible scholars kind of have a few, but it's surprising how accurate they can be. We see Lord, the Lord's covenant with David. Nathan receives the word of God and he goes to David. And in 1 Chronicles, in that uh, chapter, we see, and, and basically Nathan... Inspired by God says, David, on your throne, your throne shall be established, your offspring shall be established forever. And we know that throughout Scripture it talks about David's throne and and going back to the prophesying. And we also know that this, through as we read Scripture, this is pointing to Jesus so then we have 400 years of the kings, if you're familiar with the Bible, the history of, of Israel and Judea. Uh, and I guess I would just call them, the, those 400 years, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it seemed that it was getting worse and more ugly as they went. And sometimes we read the scripture and we think, well, this is just a short period. 400 years that God dealt through the kings, through the prophets. And finally, after about 400 years, 598 B.C., Jeremiah prophesies to Coniah or to Jehoiakim. It depends on um, which scripture, which part of the Bible, the, the, the names are interchangeable. And virtually, his prophecy was that the signet ring would be torn off and that none of his offspring would be sit on the David's throne ruling in Judea. And from that point on in history, the land of Judea, the land of Israel today, was under the authority and the rule of Gentiles until 1948. So then, we, if, uh, as we had been, uh, as we were studying Haggai, the, the Israelites were carried off to, the Jews were carried off to Babylon, exiled, and now we're coming back after 70 years. And this is where Haggai is prophesying. At about 520 B.C., is Haggai's prophecy. 78 years after the signet ring was torn from Jehoiakim. And Haggai 
all at once says, Zerubbabel, you will be like a signet ring. Now this is not talking to the man Zerubbabel. Because if we continue on to the next slide, we know that, and, and as we had studied Haggai, the city was in ruins. The temple was not rebuilt, and they were struggling to rebuild it. There was no city, there was no wall, there was, it was just a broken down, desolate place. And there was no authority that Zerubbabel had at that point. They were under the, beaten down by the other people that lived there. And, and finally, in another 74 years, Nehemiah starts to rebuild the city. And at that point, Zerubbabel, there was no kingdom for him to sit on. There was no throne. So who is this prophecy towards? Is it false? Is it a mistake? Did, not, did Haggai misread it that this Zerubbabel was just a governor of this broken down people? And then we come another 440 years and Jesus is born. A lamb born in a barn, but a king born in Bethlehem. If you study the lineage of Jesus, Zerubbabel's right there. Jesus, the offspring, the one that carries the signet ring. And then we jump clear ahead to 1948. Israel becomes a nation. That's old history for many of you in this room. Ken, I don't know if Ken and Dan remember it or not. But it was, had a profound, seismic event on the Christian world. Because suddenly, where there was no Israel, there was no Jerusalem for Jesus to come back, as prophesied throughout Scripture, was there. And then, most of us can remember 2018, May 4th, when the United States recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And they opened their embassy, and it was attended, the event was attended by 32 representatives of 32 nations. What God says is true, and what God says will be. We see it through history. The evidence is there. God's word is true. So what is Haggai's prophecy? He will shake the heavens and the earth. He will overthrow kingdoms. He will destroy the, the strength of kingdoms, the chariots and the riders, the armies of these nations will be destroyed by the sword of his brothers, nation versus nation, civil wars. The end is coming. The prophecy is true. 
And it's closer today than it was in 1948. It's closer today than it was in 19, or 2018. It's very interesting. As we, uh, the first uh, sermon on Haggai, Rick Sherman had it, and Heidi and I were coming back from Colorado Sunday morning, that Sunday morning, and <clears throat> I will go way out of my way to avoid cities and uh, when we're driving. So we're cutting across Kansas, eastern Kansas, on a two-lane road going through little towns, and it's 11 o'clock, and Heidi pulls up her phone and pops up, and there's Rick preaching, and we Bluetooth it or whatever it is over this the car sound system. And I'm thinking, this is science fiction right here, right now. When I was growing up, we had, uh, what do you call it? Our phones were groups. The whole, bo- uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you pick up the phone to call somebody and the neighbor's talking on the phone. So, you know, a half hour later they're still talking, so you start <sighs> breathing real heavy into it. So finally they say, well, I think somebody else wants to use the phone, and then they finally hang up. That's not, I mean, you may think it's long ago, but it's not. My grandpa, born in 1900, I often think about it. He, his really, his home life was, was not that much advanced from Jesus. No electricity, no running water. Horse and buggy. There was a train that came through Tremont. There was a few things, but his basic home life was not that much advanced from Jesus. And yet he watched on TV man landing on the moon. History is accelerating. Time is speeding up. The experts claim that in 1900, Knowledge was doubling about every 100 years. By 1945, it was doubling every 25 years. Today, they're saying it doubles every 13 months, and in the near future, it will be doubling every 12 hours. History is accelerating. Time is speeding. Things are changing faster and faster and faster. Jesus is coming sooner and sooner and sooner. What God says is true. What God says will be. See, in Jude, verses 14 and 15, Jude quotes Enoch. Now, we don't have an account of that in our Old Testament, but Enoch lived before Noah. He's the one that it says, and Enoch walked with God. He didn't die. He was taken up into heaven. But Jude quotes him and says, Enoch said, the Lord comes with 10,000 of his holy ones to execute judgment on all. Thousands and thousands of years ago, even before Haggai, Enoch was prophesying that the Lord's return not a 
as a lamb in a barn, but as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And nothing can stand in his way. There are no armies, no horses and chariots, no technology that can stand in his way because what God says is true and what God says will be. So we see this prophecy of Haggai speaking of the end times. But we also see Haggai declares, O Zerubbabel, my servant. And that is a direct messianic title. Isaiah and Ezekiel both prophesied of my servant, Jesus. Come into this earth, God's son, born in a barn, as the Lamb of God, but as the King of kings. And it says, and I and declares the Lord, I will make you like a signet ring. You know, we don't, uh, that is maybe not as meaningful to us today as it would have been for those people. Because remember, just 70 some years before, at the beginning of the exiles, the, the nation was destroyed and, and the kingdom was completely collapsed. Jeremiah prophesied that the signet ring would be taken away. And here now we have Haggai prophesying about the signet ring. So what is the signet ring? What does, it simp- what does it signify? What does it mean? Basically, the signet ring was about identity and authority. It's actually interchangeable with the word, the word seal or sealed in the Bible. Um, and I've come up uh, with the internet research that it's mentioned and talked about 84 times in Scripture about the signet or seal. And it's not talking about Tupperware, you know, where you seal it down. It's talking about a, an authoritative signature. It's... it's an engraved object that you press into soft material that forms it a seal, a signature that means this is by the authority of whoever that ring presented. And you too for $49.95 can order your own custom signet ring off of Amazon. You can design it. It can be yours. And when you press it in, it means it identifies who you are. But it's an, it leaves an imprint in whatever it is pressed against. It identifies what it is pressed against. Some of the, the more uh, well-known passages in the Bible, in Genesis 41 when uh, Joseph had, had interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh and Pharaoh had lifted him up to a high position and Pharaoh gave Joseph his signet ring. That basically whenever Joseph used that signet ring to impre- make an imprint onto a, 
official document. It was just as if Pharaoh was signing it. And Esther, the king, gave the evil Haman his signet ring to sign a document that said that the people could attack and wipe out all the Jews, which takes place actually between uh, Zerubbabel, Haggai, and Nehemiah. It's taking place back in Babylon, and the other is taking place back in Judea, but same time frame. And so Haman wrote this decree, and he pushed, signed it. He imprinted it with the king's signet ring. And that law was stood, and they could not change it. Haman ended up getting hanged, and, and Mordecai comes on the scene and says, listen, this is what's going to happen. They're going to kill all the Jews. And the king says, well, it's signed by my signet ring. I can't do anything about it. And Mordecai says, well, let's make another law. Let's make it that the Jews can defend themselves. And the king gave Mordecai his signet ring, and, and Mordecai imprinted it on the decree, and it was law. There's a lot of power in that signet ring. There's a lot of authority in that signet ring. Once it was imprinted on a document, it could not be changed. Absolute authority. Jesus is God's signet ring. Imprinting on our lives his authority and his identity. The Bible's very clear. Each one of us has sinned. We're sinners. All have sinned. And the wages of sin is death. Destruction. Judgment. But Jesus died. And he shed his blood for our sins. A plan that was from the beginning. A plan that in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned and they were naked... And they tried to cover their nakedness with their own good works. Couldn't do it. It was inadequate. And God shed the blood of animals and covered them. The blood of Jesus covers our sins. Shed for us. Sacrificed for us. Paid the penalty of death for us. The Bible's clear, by grace we are saved, through faith, not of our own works, but it's the gift of God, by faith. And you know, we like that grace part. We like that forgiveness part. We can be comfortable with that. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed or were imprinted with the signet, with the promise of the Holy Spirit. 
his identity and his authority is imprinted on our lives. What God says is true and what God says will be. Sometimes we don't like that to be imprinted. We want the grace, the forgiveness, but we don't like that authority part. You know, we, we live in a time where there's almost no respect for authority. I mean, even many of us don't think much of the authority of our government with some good reason. We don't like authority. We want to do it our way. Jesus is God's signet ring, impressing, imprinting on our lives. Are you willing to not only in faith accept God's forgiveness, but by faith accept his authority in our lives? Are you ready to be identified with him in this world? To stand firm and say, Jesus, you're my king? You know, the next time Jesus comes to this earth, it's not going to be a lamb in a barn. It's just not even going to be a king in that little burg of Bethlehem. But he's coming on a white horse with fire in his eyes as king of kings and lord of lords. And what God said is true and what God says will be. We're going to close with a song and then I'm going to close with a challenge. So let's bow our heads in a prayer. Lord, your word is just amazing. History says that what you say is true and what you will do and what you say you will do. We see the evidence from thousands of years. Lord, are we willing to let you imprint your authority and your identity into our lives? I pray that I will. Amen. Please stand as we sing this last song together. Worthy is our Lamb 
was slain. Holy, holy is he. Sing a new song to him who sits on heaven's mercy seat. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you.
worthy is our Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. When Jesus was arrested, he was standing before Pilate, the, the governor, the Roman governor, with all the, the power and authority of Rome. And Pilate says to Jesus, he says, they say you're the king of the Jews. And Jesus said, it is so. And there was a hymn writer wrote a hymn many years ago. It says, Jesus is standing in Pilate's hall, friendless, forsaken, betrayed by all. Hearken what meaneth the sudden call. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Neutral, you cannot be. See, Pilate, Pilate, washed his hands and said, I, I just don't want any part of this. But he couldn't. And today we still look at Pilate as the one that gave authority to crucify Jesus. Neutral, you cannot be. Someday your heart will be asking, what will he do with me? You're dismissed. <laughs> 